couple of questions for you to consider as I begin my sermon this morning. The first question is, what do you pray for? What do you pray for? And the second question is this, how do you pray? What do you pray for? How do you pray? Think about those two questions as I share this story with you. It's a story about a young boy, and some of you may have heard this story before. Jack was a young boy, and Jack really wanted a new bike. So one day, Jack went to his mother, and he said to his mother, can I please have a new bike? And his mother said to him, well, is it your birthday? And Jack said, no, it's, it's not my birthday. He said, but can I please have a new bike? She said, is it, is it Christmas? And Jack said, no, it's, it's not Christmas. It's, it's just July, but can I please have a new bike? Jack's mother thought for a minute, and then she said to him, here's, here's what I want you to do, Jack. I want you to go up to your room. I want you to sit down, and I want you to write a letter to Jesus and tell Jesus why you deserve to get a new bike. And so that's what Jack did. He ran up into his room. He closed the door. He sat down at his little desk. He pulled out a piece of paper. He grabbed a pencil, and he started to write, Dear Jesus, I have been a good boy. May I please have a new bike? He put down his pencil. He picked up the letter. He read it aloud to himself, and he realized that maybe he was not being entirely honest with Jesus. And so he crumpled up that letter and threw it away into the trash can, and he grabbed another piece of paper, and he started to write, Dear Jesus, every now and again, I am a good boy. May I please have a new bike? And he put his pencil down and read the letter to himself and realized that maybe he was still not being as truthful as he should be with with Jesus. And so he threw that letter aside, and he pulled out another piece of paper, and he started to write, Dear Jesus, I'm thinking about becoming a good boy. May I have a new bike, please? He was still not satisfied with that letter, so he threw it away, and he sat in his room and thought for a while and tried to figure out what he wanted to say to Jesus, and then the answer came to him. He, he put on his coat he ran down the stairs, he went out of the house, he ran up the street to the local Catholic church, he went inside, he sat down for a few minutes and, and looked around to make sure that no one was watching him, and then he went over and grabbed the statue of the Virgin Mary that was sitting in the corner, and he stuck it inside of his coat. He ran home, he ran back up the stairs, he put the statue underneath his pillow, and then he went back to his desk very calmly and he started to write. It's me, Jesus, he said. I've got your mama, and if you ever want to see her again, give me a new bike. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what you get from that story. About, it's not a real story, by the way. Don't worry about Jack. He'll be okay. I wonder what you get from that story, though, about Jack. I, I get this. Jack is fervent in prayer. He might be saying the wrong prayers, but Jack is fervent in his prayer life. He is not afraid to go to God and to say his prayers. We're in Luke chapter 11 today in our reading from this gospel account, and we're told that Jesus is 
by himself, he's praying, and the other disciples are there. They're watching Jesus, and as Jesus finishes praying, they come over to Jesus. One of them goes to Jesus, and he says, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray, he says. And so I, I wonder to you all this morning, how, how do you pray? Who taught you to pray? What do you pray for when you pray? Most of us, I think, probably learned to pray when we were kids. Maybe our parents or our grandparents taught us. Maybe an uncle or an aunt. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher or someone else. Maybe they taught us some of those prayers that, that mean a whole lot to us today. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Did anyone ever learn that prayer when you were a kid? Bless this food, O Lord, for our use and us for thy loving service. Does anyone say something like that when you gather together to say grace before your meals? Maybe it's a, an easy prayer. Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. <laughs> Most of us have prayers that we know that we've learned at some point in our life, and they, they mean something to us. They've shaped us in some way, and that's that's a good thing. Anne Lamott, the great Christian writer, says that for Christians and really for, for people of any faith tradition, there are essentially three prayers that we pray. She says that we pray to God, help. We pray to God, thanks. And we pray to God, wow. Lord, help me with this, this burden that I'm carrying. Lord, thank you for all of the many blessings in my life. Lord, you are amazing. You are wonderful. Help. Thanks. Wow, I get that. that. That works really well for me. One of the things that I love about the Episcopal Church and about our Anglican tradition is that we are a people who are rooted in prayer. And that's not to say that other traditions are not rooted in prayer. They are for sure. But we as Episcopalians are a people of prayer. One just needs to pull out the book of common prayer that sits in front of you to see that. We are a people who are rooted in prayer. And those prayers, if you say them enough, if you say them over and over again, those prayers mean something. Those prayers shape us. Those prayers tell us about who we are. And so Jesus today gives his followers a common prayer. He says, when you pray, pray like this. And people for centuries now have been saying that prayer. Young people, old people, religious people, not so religious people. We have been saying, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, that, be thy name. And that, that prayer means something to us. That prayer means a whole lot to us. That prayer is a very, it's a very human prayer. Give us, lead us, deliver us, forgive us. It's it's a human way of praying. One of the fundamental traditions, the fundamental maxims of, of Anglicanism is this, this phrase called lex orandi, lex credendi. And that means the, the law of prayer is the law of believing. Or to say that a different way, our prayer shapes our belief. The words that we pray shape what we believe, how we think about God. And that's a really important thing for us to understand. The words that we pray as individuals and as a faith community shape who we are as a people. But I think we should take that just a step further and say that the law of prayer, this way of praying, should also shape our doing. 
It should shape how we, how we act. It should shape how we live in this world. If you've ever opened up the back of one of the prayer books uh, to the portion that's called the Outline of Faith, sometimes called the Catechism, it's in the back of the prayer book. Read it at some point when you get a chance. It's only about 20 pages long. It won't take you very long. But if you've ever opened it up, you'll know there's a, a section on prayer, prayer and worship, and this is what the first question is that's asked about prayer. It's, what is prayer? And the answer is this. Prayer is responding to God by thoughts and by deeds with or without words. Prayer is responding to God by thought and by deeds with or without words. Our prayers should shape every part of our life. Our prayers should shape everything that we do. When you read the the saints who have gone before us, Brother Lawrence, St. Francis, Mother Teresa, they talk about their work, whether it's cleaning pots, whether it's sleeping floors, whether it's helping the dying. They talk about that as prayer, and that is how we should understand all that we do in our lives. Prayer should shape our doing. And so Jesus gives us this prayer today, this Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer, I like to call it. It's a prayer for each one of us. And if we pray it, we should mean it. As we say, give us this day our daily bread, we should be mindful of all of the ways we have been fed by God, but we should also then begin to think about all of those around us who are hungry, who are thirsty, who are in need in some way. How will we work to feed them? When we pray and ask God to forgive us our, our sins, our trespasses, we can rest assured that God has forgiven us those things that we have done wrong. But how are we forgiving those people who have wronged us in some way? When we ask God to lead us not into temptation and to deliver us from evil, how is it that God has led us through the dark places in our lives? And how can we, in a world that is hurting, help to lead others out of those evil and dark and terrible places? This prayer should inspire us. This prayer should cause us to move. This prayer should cause us to act. Joan Chittister, who's one of my favorite writers, she's a Roman Catholic nun. She's written a number of books uh, throughout the course of her life and ministry, uh, wrote a book once called Wisdom Distilled from the Daily, and it's a, it's a great book. It's about her life as a Benedictine nun and what the, the rule of St. Benedict means to her, and if you get a chance, read it. But at one point in the book, she writes a chapter on prayer, and she says that the function of prayer is not to cajole God. She says the function of prayer is not to bribe God in some way. She says that prayer is not magic. She says that prayer isn't even about trying to change God's mind. She says that prayer is about changing our own minds and our own lives, and that prayer is being broken open by God and God's love, and then being transformed so that we can go out and change the world. The prayer that 
that Jesus gives to his disciples, the prayer that Jesus gives to us today, if we pray it regularly, if we pray it day after day, Sunday after Sunday, if we pray it and we mean it, then we can change this world in some pretty wonderful and amazing ways. And so I think a good place for for me and maybe for you to start, whether we've been praying our entire lives or whether we've just learned to pray, is to come before Jesus today, like, like the disciples did. Come before Jesus and say, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me how to pray. Teach me the right words to say. Teach me how to live in this broken world. Amen.